This is the Design Spark Podcast. Yes, that's right. The Design Spark Podcast. Lucy Rogers, Beck Hill, and Harriet Brain. We are the presenters, so you'll be entertained as we talk about tech and we have a good laugh about the past and the present and the future and stuff. This is the Design Spark Podcast. Coming up on the Design Spark Podcast. Hamlet is kind of relevant. He was very violent. Uh, the listeners can't see this, but I am body rolling. Oh, no. <laughs> I have oars for hands. Hello, and welcome to the Design Spark podcast, the show that uses facts, songs, and precision engineered puns to master the mysteries of modern tech. I'm Professor Lucy Rogers, the inventor with a sense of fun, and I'm here in my lab with two witty women and my technology trainees, Beck Hill and Harriet Brain. Hello, both of you. Hello. Hello. Yeah, it's weird how you just let us wander in before you said hello to us. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome once again to my lab. Please ignore the danger signs as they're wildly optimistic about your chances of surviving. (laughs) Beck, how do you decide whether to let someone into your home? Um, I tend to... Let them in if they're holding cake. Mm-hmm. I probably shouldn't broadcast that on a podcast. But uh, yeah, basically, if you show up with cake, I'll let you in. <laughs> I'll, I'll assume you have best intentions. <laughs> Today's episode is all about mastering the mysteries of biometrics, also known as measuring biological features of the body. Beck and Harriet, what do you know about biometrics other than it's sometimes used in unethical ways like the sizing system in popular high street fashion chains? I didn't even know it was used for that. <laughs> it's when, you know, one shop will say that you're a size 14 and another shop says you're a size 18 and another one, just, it's all lies. It's all unethical. It is. I hate it. When will they learn just to fit our doors with a sort of cling film that you just walk into as you leave the door the house each day and then that's all you have to wear and it provides all the warmth and conditioning you need pockets Pockets. (laughs) can we have some not clear cling film please oh yeah i didn't mean like actual cling film yeah like (laughs) hey but you know what if we all walked around and see through cling film maybe we would understand just how vastly different everybody's bodies are we would stop judging each other on size or weight or you know dangly bits well they wouldn't dangle if they were saran wrapped to your legs in cling film everybody looks like a poached egg (laughs) yeah i mean who needs to breathe or use their arms or anything no one. Nah. So to help us, I'll be offering up my quick start guide while Beck and Harriet present their research assignments, which so far have been very comprehensive and even a tiny bit scientifically accurate. I mean, I've put in hours of work, as always. I don't know why you're so surprised. Yeah, and I've put in literally minutes. No, wait, I'm, I'm being rude. Tens of minutes. Well, well done, <laughs> both of you. But we'll see. Because at the end of the show, I'll be giving you both a tech examination to see how much you've learnt. And do feel free to play along at home, although you have to bring your own buzzers. B-Y-O-B. Hey, I hope that people tweet us and tell us what their buzzer sounds are. I like this idea. (laughs) (gasps) If people record their own buzzer sounds, can we use them for the next series? Oh, that'd be so cool. Oh, that'd be so great. (laughs) Make your buzzers. Buzz, buzz, buzz.
That's a design spark project to do. Yeah. Hack into a buzzer so that it makes a sound of a, of a listener. <laughs> Don't forget, the trainee with the highest score will get a coveted Design Spark Masters in Technology badge. It's quite heavy, but does grant the wearer plus 10 strength. So to be honest, you'll hardly notice it. <laughs> Time to get on with Mastering the Mysteries of Biometrics. Today, we're learning about what makes you, well, you. Or, more specifically, how I know it's you when you say it is. Wait, how do I know it's me when I say it is? <laughs> In everyday life, we take it on trust that people are who they say they are. For instance, I haven't asked to see Beck's passport or Harriet's driving licence. Mm, well, I haven't got one, so... Yeah, mostly because I'm an undercover agent for the FBI! Ah! Is something that I would say because I'm not... I've said too much. <laughs> and if I don't know you, how might you use your body to prove that you are you? <laughs> Do the Macarena. <laughs> I do it in a very specific way. Uh, the listeners can't see this, but I am body rolling. I'm body rolling in a lab. And it is hypnotic. <laughs> the science of biometrics, as in bio for body and metrics for measurements, considers identifiers that are distinctive, measurable and relate to human characteristics, such as height, eye colour and tattoos that say how many family-sized chocolate bars you could eat at a push. <laughs> hmm. There's a limit? <laughs> there are actually two types of biometric characteristics, physiological and behavioural. Physiological characteristics are related to the body. For example, fingerprints, palm prints, face recognition, DNA, retina recognition and your own smell. Just ask my dog who I think smells delicious. <laughs> Beck, Harriet, what would you say are your most distinctive physiological characteristics? <laughs> Definitely the way I dance. <laughs> so central. The way you move. Um, uh, I think my feet and hands have strange dimensions. I think they're quite distinctive. Massive palms, very short fingers. <laughs> I've always said that about you, Harriet. Yeah. People go... You know Harriet Brain? And I go, oh, which one? They're like, you know, the singer. And I go, mm, massive palms, short fingers. They're like, yeah, that's the one. Massive palms, Harriet. That's what they call me. Yeah. <laughs> that's what they call you. Does that make playing the guitar easier? Uh, I think so. <laughs> she can hit it really hard. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, you can swim really fast as well, like got paddles. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I have oars for hands. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Beck? I know for a fact my distinctive physiological characteristic is my fringe because any time someone has a fringe or even something has a fringe, people tweet me photos and they're like, it's Beck Hill. <laughs> <laughs> and like half the time I don't even like, sometimes I, I don't wear my fringe. I like push it to the side or whatever. But I love the fact that if something has a fringe, they're like, oh, there she is. There's Beck Hill. I reckon I could trick people into thinking like a watermelon was me if I put a fringe on it. Go on, do it, dare you. I should get that to stand in for me for the next record. <laughs> but this is the smartest Beck's ever been. The other type of biometrics, behavioural characteristics, relate to the pattern of behaviour of a person, such as typing rhythm, gait and voice. To describe these characteristics, researchers have coined the term behaviometrics thus exhibiting the behaviour of inventing silly words, 
it's lucky they work in biometrics and not advertising. Biometrics are incredibly powerful in labelling and describing individuals for three reasons. One, they can be almost unique to individuals. For instance, not even identical twins have the same fingerprints. Two, they don't tend to change over time. Your fingerprints will stay the same until you die. And three, they're with you at all times. Unless, like me, you have detachable fingers. <laughs> what? Beck and Harriet, do you think your double exists? And if so, what would they be like? In your case, Beck, they'd have a fringe. Yeah, yeah. apparently that's all it is. Beck's double is a watermelon <laughs> with a fringe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and mine's um, a small rowing boat. <laughs> 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 people run into us and they're like Beck, Harriet, I saw you guys at the weekend and then it flashes back and it's just a watermelon sitting in a rowboat in a boat <laughs> she's so buoyant all of the factors I've just talked about mean that biometrics can be more reliable in verifying identity than traditional token based methods for example keys, passes or driving licences and knowledge based methods for example passwords but, as with any kind of personal data, storing too much in one place could be dangerous. Although, thankfully, there have never been any examples of that going wrong. <laughs> and that concludes my quick start guide to biometrics. Yay! Thank you, teacher. It's time now to get another perspective. Harriet, your first assignment was to research the history of biometrics. Did it all begin with Shakespeare? To ID or not to ID? That is the question. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I'm mainly going to talk about the uh, crime-fighting elements of biometrics, so I guess uh, Hamlet is kind of relevant. He was very violent. Anyway, um, biometrics has a long association with fighting crime. In the 1890s, Frenchman Alphonse Bertillon used anthropometry, the process of measuring the length of your head, middle finger and left foot, to identify whether you were a re-offending criminal. Although, to be honest, I think it would have been easier to just look for the people in striped jumpers carrying a bag marked swag, a crime many middle-class fashionistas still commit today. <laughs> the Fonz, as I like to call him, also invented the mugshot to standardise photography of criminals. He actually took a selfie to demonstrate the process, although much like my passport photo ended up looking just exactly like a deranged criminal. <sighs> the Bertillon system of identification was sometimes successful and occasionally reliable, a bit like the current 7% success rate enjoyed by facial recognition AI trialled by the Met Police. They were, the Met Police, however, early adopters of a rather more successful technique, that of the fingerprint, which they started using in 1901. The French followed suit in 1902, but it took the FBI until 1924 to start using them, presumably because they were all too busy chasing after kids called Elliot who found friendly aliens. It took a long time for machines to get involved, and it wasn't until 1983 that the Automated Fingerprint Identification System, or APHIS, was rolled out in San Francisco to compare fingerprints from crime scenes with millions of records. The conviction rate in APHIS-generated burglary cases was three times higher than in burglary cases without this type of evidence. Turns out most of these burglars hadn't been cats all along. <laughs> Here in the UK, the government... <laughs> That's because they weren't checking for paw prints. <laughs> Here in the UK, the government body that specialises in recognising people by their gait is the Ministry of Silly Walks. <laughs> 
However, it's so far only been successfully applied to male sketch comedians. <laughs> Behavioural biometrics, which focus on how people write, speak and sign, can however be traced back to the 1860s. Telegraph operators using Morse code could recognise each other by the specific way they would send dash and dot signals. For example, a series of slow dots would mean boring Graham was on the line, and one long dash would mean everyone else had fallen asleep. During World War II, Allied forces used the same method to identify senders and authenticate messages they received. Imagine the banter. John's dashes are rather too long, whereas Jane's are barely more than dots. <laughs> what a pair! <laughs> Today's behavioural biometrics are able to analyse multiple data and endpoint interactions, such as hand-eye coordination, pressure, hand tremors and other finger movements. Sounds like I'd become an absolute data mine whenever I tried to play tennis. <laughs> <laughs> and that concludes our research into the history of biometrics. Yeah! Hey. Harriet, that was great. And now you understand why my lab walls are covered in celebrity mugshots. <laughs> it's science. Sure. Let's move swiftly on to Beck's assignment. Beck, I asked you to look at the top 10 ways in which you could avoid being identified by your biometrics. How did you get on? And is that your real beard? <laughs> it is. I'm going to put it back away in my pocket. <laughs> I got on really well. I've got my top 10 ways to avoid being identified by your biometrics. So get ready, guys. Number 10, wear a surgical mask to prevent droplets of saliva being left, which contain DNA. Yeah, pretty, pretty simple. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Number nine, a surgical mask will also cover identifiable facial features. Mm. Number eight, wear gloves to stop yourself from leaving fingerprints. That seems like a no-brainer. Mm -hmm. Also, it keeps you warm. Good idea. Number seven, speak in a silly way to avoid voice recognition. <laughs> then in number six, use sunglasses to hide your eyes. Mm. And then number five, wear a hat to cover other unique features, such as your ear shape, which you can be identified by your ear shape. That blows my mind. Who's standing there looking for ears? Yeah. <laughs> I'm wearing my headphones from now on. <laughs> Number four, a hat will also help stop you from shedding any hair. As you might know from watching those crime dramas and stuff, often they'll like find a loose hair or something at the scene and that'll lead back to it. So make sure you're not shedding any hair. Number three, behave unpredictably. So your behavioural patterns are harder to lock down. That way they can't tell whether it was you or someone else because suddenly you keep changing the way that you're acting. Number two... To avoid being identified by the way you walk, like what Harriet was talking about, mix it up a bit. Try walking backwards without lifting your feet up. <laughs> and number one, in extreme cases, resort to regular plastic surgeries and chemical peels to constantly change your features and or skin tone. And those are my top 10 ways to become a professional Michael Jackson lookalike. I mean, avoid being identified by a biometrics. <laughs> Thank you, Beck. <laughs> if indeed you are the real Beck, we'll probably never know. <laughs> My tongue testing machine says I'm running low on saliva, which must mean we're halfway through the show and getting closer to the examination. Beck and Harriet, how confident are you feeling about it? I was more confident before you were licking me. Yeah. Well, sounds like you're the one with the dry mouth. <laughs> 
Let's see if this week's audience question can help change the odds. Hilary Bloom emails to ask, If collecting biometric data is successful, when do you think passports, etc. will become obsolete and what will we replace them with? Hmm. Toe identifiers. Toe prints, yeah. Yeah. Because your, your fingerprints are already you know, used in all your phones and things. That's right. So, yeah. So toe prints is what we'll replace passports with. It's the only one that people don't. Yeah. There you go. That's my answer. <laughs> I genuinely think that we'll, we'll end up being microchipped. Yes, I think microchips, actually. I 100% believe that. I think we're going to get microchipped and we'll just walk through. Like Enki the dog's already there. She's a modern woman, that dog. She's chipped. Oh, yeah. They are taking over the world. She's ahead of us again. <laughs> and her tongue test is a bit weird too. <laughs> so I reckon, uh, so we've got passports at the moment. When do we think they'll become obsolete? I think within the next 10 years. So, yeah, anyone getting a passport now, their next one will be the toe-recognising thingy or, or the chip the chip inside us. The toe chip. Yeah. I mean, arguably, passports became obsolete in early 2020 when everyone had to stop travelling for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> well done, you two. 10 out of 10 for effort, which is all that counts if you're in primary school. Let's get on with the learning. Harriet, I'm not saying you're a niche comedian, but you love shining a light on poorly understood phenomena using music, right? Phenomena. Yeah, I do. Um, the song today is from the point of view of a 70s cop. Ooh, I'm intrigued. I can't wait to hear it. Yeah. Favourite category of cop. I like either cops from the 70s or cops in their 70s. <laughs> yeah, usually both now. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
by the way you're tapping your feet and fiddling with a tap on a vat of very dangerous chemicals that you're really excited about something it's my big idea and it's a really good one this week okay what's your invention that uses biometrics to do something brilliant for humanity so the u.s department of homeland security predicts that facial recognition technology will be used on 97 percent of international travelers by 2022 which really got me thinking lucy harriet you might remember my dicky balls from the last series. <laughs> I think I forced myself to forget. <laughs> so dicky, D-I-K-Y, stood for don't I know you, and balls was short for eyeballs. And the idea was that we replaced your eyeballs with enhanced ones which used facial recognition to identify whoever you're looking at, and now I realise that that was a really dumb idea. I'm glad you now realise how silly dicky balls were. Obviously, swapping out your eyeballs is a bit extreme, especially when we're likely to start seeing more powerful versions of Google Glass coming up. So I'm proposing a new product, a pair of glasses. Glasses which measure a person's biometrics, their face, speech, eyes, anything visual, and matches it to a database of pre-existing information about them. It will then display their details for you to see clearly. It'd work in a similar way as to how Facebook currently auto-tags photos. This means you'll never forget the name of the person you're talking to and you won't have to remove or replace your eyeballs. That sounds good. I'm in. What's it called? Well, its long name is Biometric Utilisation Tagging Technology Glass, but its short name is... <laughs> butt ass. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> butt ass. Why not at least keep the glass part? You're hardly saving time by shortening glass to ass. Oh, that's how we say it in Australia. So, Lucy, are you in? Mm, apart from the name. <laughs> yes, gotcha. Harriet, do you want my butt ass? <laughs> Always, Beck. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Thank you, Beck. As always, that was some truly groundbreaking silliness. Literally, your chair's worn a silly hole in my carpet. <laughs> I like that. A silly hole. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us honestly, Lucy, is the future of biometrics a minority report-esque dystopia where we all have a score? Maybe, although the only score I'm hoping for is full marks in your examination. 
I'll give you five dystopia points if you forget about that for a few minutes and tell us what the future holds. I'm not one to wildly speculate about what might happen, Beck. Oh, really? Yeah, OK, you got me. Stand by for my forecast for the future of biometrics. In a future where you are identified by everyone, anywhere, how do you remain anonymous? Let me take you to the not-too-distant year, 2029. Crooks and those worried about their identity, like Boris Johnson's hairdresser, have worked out many years ago how to create contact lenses that change the appearance of the eye, defeating iris recognition software. Special nanoparticle gloves that look like regular skin can give you fake finger and palm prints. And crude methods such as Botox and stuffing cotton wool in your cheeks are no longer used. Mostly because the first was unsafe and the second meant you were a hamster. Instead, latex masks, like those I definitely didn't use when stealing a Mr Whippy machine from my kitchen, are used to change the appearance of your face. They work even better if you've had microsurgery to alter the bone structure of your cheeks. Not possible for me, of course, as mine are made of adamantium. Just think of me as a cross between Wolverine and Professor X. I'm a thoughtful leader, but will tear you apart if you cross me. Instead of beauty tips to improve your appearance, YouTubers now give tutorials on how to change your appearance altogether, alongside irritating reaction videos where they pretend to be surprised that a singer can sing. Height was quite difficult to fake until some biohackers came up with the ingenious idea of bio springs that can, for a few black market bitcoins, be inserted into your shin bones. A press of the button and you grow or shrink a few centimetres. What about faking your DNA? No problem. All you need is a hollow tooth that you break to reveal a concocted saliva sample, a pad worn inside your cheek for cheek swabs and to keep everything shaved. And I mean everything. Blood and urine samples are still more difficult to fake, but by drinking specially dosed cans of drink, you can suppress or raise the hormones and contaminants to any levels you want. And behavioral biometrics? These can be altered with more low-tech approaches, a stone in your shoe to make you walk differently, voice coaches to help you sound different, and changing the way you type? Trust me, by 2041, we won't be typing anything. By current trends, we'll barely know how to spell. <laughs> Beck, Harriet, you've heard my quick start guide. You've shared your assignments and my forecast for the future was just a forecast. So good luck getting your money back. But my lab's now telling me one of you could be an imposter. So what say we test you to find out? And by test, I mean give you your examination. Oh no, that sounds so painful. I don't like how you put on gloves when you said that, Lucy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Sicko. <laughs> The way it works is this. I'm going to ask you both some questions drawn from today's episode and all you need to do is buzz in with the right answers. And before you ask, your buzzers are only for the purposes of the exam and definitely not a sneaky way for me to steal your fingerprints. Probably. <laughs> Let's hear them in action. Beck? Yeah. It's like it was made for you, which it was. Harriet? <laughs> Unmistakably Harriet. <laughs> Okay, here come the questions. All right. Question one. We all know that biometrics is the technical term for the measurement of the body. So what is behaviometrics? <laughs> the measurement of your behaviour? 
Yeah. Well, I'm back. <laughs> it is the measurement of behavioural characteristics. Yeah. Well done. Question two. What are the two types of biometric characteristics? I think Beck was in there first. Um, A and B. Yes, can you elaborate? <laughs> no. Harriet. Is it physical and behavioural? Physiological and behavioural. Close enough. Question three. Do identical twins have the same fingerprints? That was Beck. Uh, is no. I remember being very, uh, not impressed or surprised, but just like, oh, yeah, I didn't even think, of course. Yeah. So, so no. No, they don't. Well done, Beck. <laughs> Question four is for Beck. A Frenchman Harriet refers to as the Fonds used anthropometry to identify criminals. What three body parts did this involve measuring? Oh, um, the left foot, the length of the index finger or the middle finger? One of the fingers. <laughs> a length of a finger, the length of the foot, left foot and uh, uh, the joy in his heart. <laughs> <laughs> Very, very close. Can I get two thirds of an answer? Which rounds up to one. So I think I should get that one. <laughs> I, th I think you get a quarter of an answer. Ah. Harriet. It's the length of your head, which isn't an obvious one. So. Yeah. And which finger? Oh, middle finger. The rude one. Maybe that's why you show your rude finger. Exactly. So you're like, hey, police, measure, measure this, cops. I'm a criminal. <laughs> It could be. Question five for Beck. Which police force started using fingerprints in 1901? Yep. San Francisco? No. Passing it over. Oh. Harriet. The Metropolitan Police of London. It was. Well done, Harriet. For, for the sake of education, mm -hmm. the San Francisco police were involved at some point. What was that? APHIS is the Automated Fingerprint Identification System. That was rolled out in San Francisco in 1983. Ah, okay. Now I can differentiate mm -hmm. between the two. Thank you. <laughs> Question six, Harriet. It may or may not be effective, but what did Beck suggest as a way to avoid being ID'd from both saliva and facial features? A face mask? Yes, a surgical mask. Well done. Final question, question seven for Harriet. The US Department of Homeland Security predicts that by 2022, 97% of international travellers will be checked with which form of biometric technology? Oh, oh I don't know. Um, their toenail length? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure that was my suggestion. Passing that over to Beck. Facial recognition. Oh, yay! Well done, Beck. Of course. Yeah. And with a score of four to Harriet and three to Beck, well done, Harriet. Do you like your new winning identity? Yeah, I, I do. I think it. Wait, what do you mean new? <laughs> yeah, I've always been a winner. 
what my mummy says. <laughs> um, what about you, Beck? Are you in need of new eyes to hide your tears? <laughs> no, I've got butt ass. They'll wipe them away. Oh, good old butt ass. If you played along at home, as always, please do tweet us via at DesignSparkRS and tell us how you did, because we're nosy. And we like to feel like our mothers are not the only ones listening to us. Hi, Mum. Hi, Beck's Mum. So how did this week's episode go for you, Harriet? Do you feel you mastered the mysteries of biometrics? Uh, yes, I do. I feel like uh, I could definitely join the police force in 1890. <laughs> How about you, Beck? Yeah, I definitely feel like I've learned a lot more about it. And that's why I've started selling gloves, sunglasses, surgical masks and uh, copies of Bad. <laughs> that's about it for now. But tune in next week for a bonus episode when we hear from a very special guest. Ooh. Thank you for listening and may all your body parts continue to be unique. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. The Design Spark podcast was a Why Did the Chicken production for Design Spark, starring Lucy Rogers, Beck Hill, and Harriet Brain. It was written by the cast and Catherine Brinkworth, with additional material from the producers, Stu Cooper and Dan Page. All audio was mastered by Andy Partington from Swift Professional Audio. And if you like what you heard, then we'd love you to do three nice things. Subscribe, rate us on iTunes, and tell a friend. For more episodes and bonus content, head to designspark.com forward slash podcasts.